Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Surface for Business devices are designed for work anywhere. Wherever and however you or your teams work or collaborate, Surface gives your organization the freedom to work anywhere. It allows you to retain the control you need to stay secure with built-in security at every layer through chip to cloud protection from Microsoft. Visit www.aka.ms forward slash Surface for Business CA to learn more about Surface for Business devices. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Lisa Bull, Vice President of Talent Development for Ceridian. Talent attraction, engagement, and retention are all key factors in creating a productive and successful business. But if they want to achieve success, employers need to redesign the employee experience to hire the right talent, address disengagement, and reduce turnover. So that's what we'll be talking about with Lisa Bull. Lisa is Vice President of the Talent Development Team at Ceridian. Over the past 18 years, she has delivered training to thousands of clients across North America, and she's developed training programs for corporate, government, and nonprofit organizations. As a member of Ceridian's global HR team, Lisa has responsibility for employee and leadership learning and development, diversity, equity, inclusion, performance management, and onboarding. So all the good stuff. In addition, Lisa was part of the team that created Ceridian's charity for children and families in need, Ceridian Cares. She was a founding board member and served as vice chair of the charities board for two terms. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. 
Delighted to have you. Entrepreneurs value their time, Lisa, and we want to make sure they know they're going to get something out of this podcast. So let's start off by, why don't you share with us uh, the most important things that you hope entrepreneurs will take away from our conversation today? Well, I do appreciate how valuable time is. And so I think uh, when we're talking about small business owners, it's just really important to know we're going to talk about how do you focus on attracting and engaging and retaining the right people who are going to help you be successful as a company? There's just so much change and uncertainty going on right now, as we all know. And I think focusing time and energy on building a really high-performing workforce that can that can roll with the times and adapt to the changes is so critical. So whether you're a small business that's trying to move to an online model uh, maybe you've had to reduce your staff. Maybe you've even had to grow exponentially. Um, we know that there's a lot that you're going through. So no matter what you're you're going through, I think one of the things that's really important to know is that your employees are essential to helping you navigate through all this change and, and figure out what the opportunities are. From your knowledge of the independent business sector in Canada, would you say this uh, concern for, for talent to talent attraction management, retention, is that in the top 10 of, uh, of things that entrepreneurs need to really work on? Oh, worry absolutely. About? With, yeah, without question. Where in the top 10? Oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot now, Rick. Um, <laughs> you can say top five. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's play it safe and go top five. And I, and I genuinely think it is. Yeah. yeah, I'd put it at top two, but... Okay, we'll there you how, go. We'll see the, yeah, I was going to say three, four, so I think we're pretty close <laughs> in what we're thinking. Right. Yeah. Now, I heard a, uh, I, I, I watched a video of you being interviewed uh, by Tony Lacavera for Move the Dial, talking about okay, issues yes. like these. And you had a, a, a great line that, that where, where you sort of characterized in an informal, fun way, the a, a fairly probably unsuccessful model of interviewing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably use. And what you said was, hey, I like you. You remind me of you. You remind me of me. When <laughs> yes. can you start? And I'm wondering, do you think that's actually fairly common still? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think it's limited to entrepreneurs for what it's worth. Um, I think it's a little bit of human nature. We are, uh, we engage with, we feel comfortable with people who are like us. And so, and it's not necessarily always a bad thing, but I think when talent is so critical, especially in a small business, I do think you have to go beyond that as your only criteria for selecting somebody. <laughs> uh, right. Um, before we get started, Ceridian is a brand that uh, a lot of our listeners will know, but some of them might not. What, it's a payroll company, right? Well, um, that's what we used to talk about ourselves. Right. That was my setup for you. Was it? Okay. Thank you so very much. Um, yeah, we used to, I think, and, and a lot of people still think of us as a payroll company. Now we would describe ourselves as a human capital management software company. So um, human capital management or HCM really just talks about all of the elements that businesses uh, manage as it relates to the people that work for them. So that includes payroll, but that might also include things like uh, recruitment or managing time and attendance or benefits. So it's a much broader range of, of uh, services that we offer now. It's one of those things. Is, so we've turned HR into HCM. So it sounds like it's at, at like just another acronym inflation or something. But really, it's a more humanization of the traditional HR 
uh, discipline, don't you think? Well, as an HR practitioner, I think we were pretty human before. <laughs> but, um, but aren't we being a little bit more holistic now? Yeah, I think we are. I think we are. And, and specifically HCM, I think, is used when we talk more about the technology. Because what, what used to happen, of course, is that we used to have a different system or technology for every piece of HR. So as an HR practitioner, you might have one system or platform that did your payroll, and then you might have one that you tracked time and attendance with, and so on. And I think one of the revolutions, and certainly um, our organization, and in particular our CEO, David Ossip, uh, really started was this concept of having one single source, one single place where you could do all of those things, uh, one employee record. And, and that's really what our company, Ceridian, does and what Dayforce, our platform, is. Right. So I'm glad you mentioned David Ossip because I was going to bring him up next, in fact, because Ceridian is this global business uh, uh, headquartered in Minnesota, I guess, and it's been around for a long time. But its CEO, it, it has a great entrepreneurial story with it because its CEO is a tech entrepreneur from Toronto. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so David Ossip founded a workforce management software company called WorkBrain, uh, a decade or two ago, uh, he sold that company. He was very successful, sold the company for a nine-figure sum, and then uh, started another company, uh, Dayforce, which was later acquired by Ceridian. And Ceridian, soon after that, made him its CEO. So it's an, an incredibly unusual career path that a startup entrepreneur becomes the head of a global corporation that he did not found um, mm -hmm. so, so, you know, a, an incredible success story. What can you tell us about David's leadership at Ceridian? How has he made a difference? Oh, such a great question. And it is such a, an amazing story. And he is, uh, he's an amazing leader to watch. Uh, I think he's got a really unique combination of skills and strengths. Um, I would I would describe part of what he's really brilliant at is he's is got what I would call executive skill, which is that ability to be at a super high level. So he can look out and be strategic and you know work with global partners and really have that big picture uh, thinking. But he also has the ability to go right down and be able to, for example, demo the Dayforce product like right <laughs> down to the feature level. Um, we do a customer conference every year, and, and traditionally we would do it in Las Vegas. And we have we have a ballroom to kick off the day, and we've got several thousand people, uh, mostly our customers, who join. And David gets up on the stage, and it is like being at a rock show. People are just in awe because here's this guy who, again, is our CEO. He's got a very commanding presence, but he can walk through and demonstrate all of the new features of this product, uh, in part because he, you know, he was he had a hand in building some of them. You just don't see that very often. Th that brings me to mind Steve Jobs, because he can yeah, do that yeah. as well. Yeah, Does yeah, he yeah, have so anywhere are. near the charisma of Steve Jobs in presenting uh, that is this? That is a difficult question to ask an employee of his. Um, <laughs> well, well you, you said that, that you know he wows he people. So it sounds like you know there, there's yeah. something there. Because he's got sincerity and authenticity and deep knowledge. Yeah. And, and a passion. And I think that's and what people passion. respond to is that you know, I mentioned that this was his brainchild. You know, one of the things he also brings is this incredible curiosity. And and then also just this courageousness to say, huh, 
you know what? Again, uh, HR practitioners, they've got all these systems. They're trying to make them talk. They're trying to, you know, they have to wait for one to finish one task. And why can't we put it all together? You know, just that ability to say, why can't we try it? Why can't we try it once and iterate and, and try it again? And, um, you know, that that curiosity and that, as you say, that charisma and that, again, that combination of skills. You know, he's he's a pretty exceptional, exceptional leader to work with. That's amazing. And, and it's, it's such an interesting look at um, a lot of times entrepreneurs are a little bit too focused on what they're doing to, you know, make a really good leader of a big organization when product and customers become only such a small part of the job. But it's mm-hmm. really it's really interesting to see that, uh, that that entrepreneurial characteristics, that passion, that curiosity uh, can take you can take you so far and be so effective at that level. It's exciting. Well, and the other thing I'll just add is that one of the things that I think David is very good at and kind of ties into our conversation today is that I think he's also very good at recognizing where his strengths are and then where he needs to bring in talent. And I think he's done a tremendous job of that, of recognizing, okay, this is an area where I need someone else with an expertise to come in and support our leadership team. And so I think he's very, very good at some of the things we're talking about today, which is attracting and engaging the right kind of people to work alongside him. Right. And since we're talking to an audience of entrepreneurs, just that that self-awareness tab that, that you mentioned, that is mm-hmm. so important to understand, uh, you know, how to double down on the things that you're good at and how to hire for the things that you're not good at. That is basically um, the uh, characteristic that will determine whether you're going to be successful or not. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to Ceridian. Um, you have a new guide to help small business owners. What can you tell me about that? Well, we did some research, and really what we uh, dug into was employee engagement. So this is something we do internally as well. Employee engagement is something that we spend a lot of time on at Ceridian. And so we wanted to have a look at this with um, Canadians and small businesses. So we conducted it in the research that is in, in two phases, and we were trying to get to the sentiment of working Canadians at the start of the pandemic uh, in about March, and then again later in the year, just to see how their perceptions were changing. And uh, we learned uh, lots of things, but one of the things is that there are a lot of reasons why people really love working with a small business. Uh, Folks say they love feeling like they get to make a difference. They can see the value that their contributions are making when they work with a small business. Um, On the flip side, we did also learn that once the pandemic started, people became more focused on job security, which is not surprising. Um, What we focused on with that research and then in building out the guide was just what are the pillars of a really strong employee experience so that you are able to bring in the right talent and you're able to keep those workers engaged and and really focus on uh, retention as well. Interesting. Young startups don't normally have the resources to, you know, develop a really good uh, human resources slash talent department or discipline to have the right policies, to have the right incentives in place. Um, What do you think are the best practices that smaller organizations can adopt in order to optimize talent attraction and retention? Mm, Good question. So one of the things we found from our research was that prior to the pandemic anyway, uh, about 40% of small businesses uh, said that they took about two months to find and then hire 
um, uh, a new employee. And in terms of what it cost them, most of them were spending between three and $5,000 to get the right person in place. And so when you think about that exercise and that expenditure, really important to create and build an employer brand that attracts the right candidates and then be able to streamline the process to get them on board. Um, so a couple things for attracting and retaining talent um, that small businesses really can focus on is creating that what we call a value proposition, right? So what's in it for me? Uh, something that showcases some of the reasons why people really love working for small businesses like we were talking about before. So what are some of the upsides? Well, work-life balance, maybe a little bit better, uh, maybe a little bit more flexibility if you're working for a small company. Um, mentorship is something that people talk about as being available to them or perhaps more readily available to them in a small business. And again, you can just think across a range of different kinds of businesses where that that might work. And also people get the chance to get real hands-on, critical work experience quickly, right? If there's only a few of you doing all the work, you get to get your hands dirty and try things out. And so when you're thinking about telling the story of your company, that value proposition can be really powerful. Um, during recruiter, rec the recruiting process anyway, part of what you can do is really highlight these things. Right? Tell your candidates about this value proposition. And also one thing that's really important is to share with candidates how they are going to contribute to making your company be successful and to reach its goals. So many people are motivated by being able to make a contribution. So that can really help. Interesting. Um, another, yeah. Sorry. 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 Keep going. Oh, I was just going to say another roll. thing. I, I, once I get started, you're really going to have to get the hook, the giant hook. Um, I was just going to add one more thing is that sometimes uh, apprenticeship programs are something that small companies and small businesses are a little bit more agile and can can jump into an apprenticeship program. And that, you know, being able to offer some really critical work experience, get folks in trying things out uh, can be a really great way to, to attract and retain talent. And the upside of that is oftentimes those businesses can then look at maybe getting different grants or even tax credits sometimes if you're working with apprentices. So those are all part of that value proposition. Lots of things that these smaller businesses can do and that they really ought to promote to the people they're talking to. I, I find the idea of apprenticeships interesting. Are you talking about a formal accredited apprenticeship or sort of a less formal internship type things? Yeah, well, I think both are possible. Um, I think that certainly when we talk about things like the grants and the tax credits, usually those apply to more of the formal apprenticeship programs. Um, but I, I know that there are lots of other variations. Uh, again, if you've got folks who are in perhaps a college program who are looking for a work term or work semester, there's lots of those opportunities that exist as well. So I think it's just about being creative. Terrific. Uh, another, just picking up on, on another thing you said about developing the value proposition. I love that. I've done a lot of work around value propositions for entrepreneurs as it relates to addressing their target market and helping mm. them establish a brand positioning and, you know, making sure that they're properly uh, communicating in a brief and memorable fashion what their benefits are to customers. Um, but I bet a lot of people haven't thought about applying that as an employer. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we think, well, I'm going to, uh, you know, post a job and people will just come and apply for it. And in many cases that will happen. But if you are competing for really great talent, it does sometimes come down to, you know, em em 
potential employees saying, okay, well, what's in it for me being at company A versus company B, right? What's the, what's the upside here? And so it's the same exercise that you've described, right? As you think about your value prop for your customers, you're doing the same thing for employees. Um, and I think it's just, it's always, I think, a good exercise. And, and I think small business owners might be really pleasantly surprised about all of the, the upside that there is to working for a small company. My mind is blown by the idea of <laughs> the simple idea of transferring the value prop to your employer brand. Do you it, can you toss me a, a sort of composite uh, value proposition that an employer might use? Uh, you know, it's just what 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 do, what might one sound like? Well, I'm thinking of some of the things I just talked about, but you know, if you come and work for us, you have a couple of opportunities that you might not have elsewhere. First of all, you're going to get hands-on, close-up experience working side-by-side with me, the owner, the entrepreneur, the person who built this from the ground up. You're going to be able to see in action all of the things that are part of starting a small business. Um, You're going to have a direct impact, and you're going to see that every day. You're going to see how your work directly impacts the success or non-success of our business. You don't always get to see that in a big company. And you're going to get some great experience. Again, in a small company, oftentimes you're, you know, you're, you're pitching in, trying out, doing different work. And again, oftentimes in a larger company, you're put in one role and that's where you stay. In a small company, you get lots of opportunity to try your hat at a variety of different things. So you're building up your resume and your experience. Those are things you're not going to get anywhere else. Fantastic. When can I start? <laughs> you're hired. Uh, just one other insight from what you said earlier. Um, the idea that when you the part of the pitch can be talking about how someone can contribute because mm. you say, you know, some people and probably arguably the best people want to make a contribution. It's not just what's in it for me. And I'm betting that mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, of employers, um, especially those who haven't formally trained in interviewing or anything, they're probably going into it thinking that, yeah, it's all about what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's, that, that yeah. might be a little bit of a mind shift too, to think, yeah, let's uh, appeal to their sense of helping build something. Yeah, well, when we think about what motivates people, you know, people are motivated by incentives. So money is still a a big motivator, but it's not really always at the top of the list. People are deeply motivated by getting to contribute, by having impact, by making a difference. And sometimes we do forget that. Right. Since COVID, we'd seen this, uh, you know, amazing, powerful shift to people working from home. And I'm wondering how that's impacting employee engagement and whether that's something that entrepreneurs need to do something about. Yeah, so we, we did some research in this area in, in what we found is pre-pandemic, um, Canadians who were working said that what was important to them was making an impact, like we've been talking about, uh, the chance to utilize their skills and a good company culture. Those were the key reasons for working uh, for a small business. Um, and those are really the things that drive engagement. And I think that that continues to be really critical now as people are moving from a, a work from home model. So, you know, if you're trying to engage your talent, one of the first things you might want to think about is, am I investing in them? Am, am I investing in skill development, for example? And, and I think you've seen some of, uh, of this, particularly through COVID, is the, the notion of re- or upskilling. Um, because what that allows companies to do is to maybe pivot their operations. 
to to move into an area of business that perhaps they weren't doing before, but have you know have found a niche for now. Um, uh, McKinsey, the big um, consulting company, did a global survey and. They found that reskilling programs in smaller organizations are actually more successful a lot of the times than those at big companies. And that's because oftentimes small businesses can make bolder moves more quickly and shift groups of people to try new things uh, more easily. So, you know, that notion of am I developing skill? Do I need to reskill people? Again, can I do it and can I do it quickly? Um, giving people Growth opportunities is really critical as well to keep folks engaged. Again, small businesses oftentimes have an advantage here because there's a lot of different jobs that have to be done to keep them running smoothly, as we've also talked about. And so if you've got employees and they're able to be almost like master of all trades and they get a chance to try all different kinds of, of work experience, that's something that's really going to keep people engaged. And one thing that, that I'm guessing small business owners maybe don't spend a lot of time thinking about is succession planning. So, you know, that concept of thinking about, okay, who's going to fill some of my critical roles? Um, and if you've got people trying different things and they're, they're getting a chance to build their experience, you might say, ah, okay, I can see this person is really good in that area. Perhaps a year from now, they could take that over. And then the last thing I'll just say just around engagement is that in, in the research that we did, 41% of employees who worked in small businesses said they were not satisfied with their employer during the pandemic because they weren't kept informed on what was going on. Ooh. So, yeah. And I think, you know, it seems so basic and, and I think most of us know it, but just keeping those lines of communication open is so critical communicating goals, you know, talking to people about, again, how are they contributing to the, to the, and maybe it's how, how are you keeping this business open, for example? You know, a lot of times we think we've communicated enough, and I think the advice is if you think you've done it enough, you probably need to do it like five more <laughs> times, right? Um, so, you know, all of those things that I've suggested don't usually cost money, and that's the great thing about it. So there's, you know, engagement and keeping people engaged isn't expensive. It just requires you to be a little bit intentional about some of the things that you're doing. But there are two resources that uh, entrepreneurs leverage, and one is money and one is time. And mm. communicating takes time. If I have to sit and think about, okay, what are people thinking about? Maybe I have to go talk to people and find out what they're yeah. thinking and then say, okay, do I do a call? Do I do a a text? Do I do a Zoom meeting to do this? I mean, that is, uh, you know, every t every every moment that that the boss isn't talking to customers, that you know, that 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 or developing product, then that's a loss for the company. So, how do we find the time to communicate better? Well, if I were your consultant. I would suggest it's a here's a perfect opportunity to look at the strengths across your team. Maybe you've got somebody, you know, I've got somebody on my team, for example, I'm working a small business, obviously, but I've got somebody on my team who's brilliant with like social media and, you know, writing quick, short uh, communications. That's their strength. You know, if I'm a small business owner, I might look to my team and say, hey, you, <laughs> you know what, you're, I, I think you're pretty good at this. Would you like the opportunity to, to take on the, the role short term of being the person who communicates? I'm going to, I'm going to download to you. I'm just going to say, here's where we're at, right? This is what everybody needs to know for the next week. Could you take the role on of making sure folks know about that? 
right? It serves two purposes. One, the communication happens, and two, you are giving that critical experience that we talked about, again, that you might not be able to do in a bigger, bigger organization. Sounds like win-win. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The study that Ceridian did says that about two-thirds of Canadians, uh, working Canadians, are particularly worried about the economy and the impact that the pandemic is having on small business. Uh, What risks do you think COVID actually poses to startups, and particularly, you know, from from your perspective in talent development? Mm -hmm. Such a good question. And, you know, we just, we know how critical, how vital the startup community is to job creation and economic growth. And so, Small businesses have been impacted a lot this year. Um, and, and the challenge is, is that so much of the innovation that's going to power the economy, not just here in Canada, but globally, is going to come from startups um, that really drive our, our supply chains. Um, our big companies, our big manufacturers, our banks, our retailers, all of them are depending on these startups. Um, sometimes it's their technology, for example, that makes the rest of us more productive or, or innovative. Um, so in the early stages, I think, of, of the pandemic, when things were, were pretty dire, we, we saw, of course, that startups were starting to cut employees. And some of the uncertainty um, that we saw in our data continues to remain. And, and I mean, none of us know when that's going to end. Maybe it's when a vaccine is developed and, and available. Um, but, you know, we've got this, this situation where we've got thousands of professionals without work. Um, And then we've got companies that really understand the value of talent. Um, They've got a a budget, maybe. They've got this once-in-a-generation recruiting opportunity. So if you're an employer, and it doesn't matter if you've got one employee or 10,000, I think there's three things that you want to be asking yourself as we think about talent development. First of all, does my employer brand, like we talked about, does my value proposition stand for something that is going to compel people to come and work for me? Right. So if I've got all these great people out there and available, are they going to actually come and choose me? Um, What's our track record as a company for things like promotions within? Um, Because that's another thing that is a really good part of the story to tell. Do we promote people from within? That is what you want candidates to know. Come and work here. You've got this opportunity, but there is room for growth. And then finally, you want to check out what is your company's reputation? Do people look at you and go, ah, that is a place that does invest in their employees, that does invest in technology, for example, um, because that's going to draw some of this great talent to you. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I especially like the idea of of looking at promoting from within, and I don't know how many um, employers actively look at that. Obviously, a, a company needs new blood and new ideas, but it also needs to create pathways and growth opportunities for their employees. How does a, a, a business owner juggle that whole question of, do I promote someone into a job that maybe they're not ready for, or do I bring someone in who might be better at it, but might also you know, ups, upset the culture, change the culture a little bit? How, how do they make these, uh, these decisions? Mm, That's such a good question. And I don't know that there is one perfect answer to that. And I think that's a question that we ask ourselves within our own organization, you know, uh, which is which is a large one, obviously. Um, I think, first of all, what I can tell you is that having the opportunity for development, for growth, is one of the key drivers of employee engagement. 
whether you're a small company or, or large. And so you have to think about, okay, if I've got uh, a good talent and I want to keep them, I want to keep them engaged because what we know is when people are engaged, they're going to work harder and be more productive. So if I've got a person in front of me, I believe they have the potential. Um, I believe that I can see them in this role in three months or six months or nine months down the road. I think part of what you have to do is help people understand, okay, what are the gaps between where they are now and where they want to be? Um, as you said, time is so important. Um, that investment of development takes time. Um, but also, you know, encouraging employees to go and do some of that development on their own. So say, for example, you run a small a garage and you've got somebody who's at a certain level of, of their ability, letting them know that if they achieve a certain um, level of uh, training, maybe they take a couple of courses that they would then be considered for a role. Um, I think that's a good way to do it, right? It's just the pathway doesn't have to be perfectly mapped out, right? You don't have to have the exact step-by-step -step plan to get them there. But at least if they understand directionally where they need to go, maybe a couple of the things they could do along the way, then it becomes their choice and their responsibility to go out and make that happen. Um, I think a lot of times people think about career growth and development as something that sits on the employer, but I think it's actually a partnership. And, you know, having those conversations, I think, is, is a good place to start. Right, because it may be a partnership, but I don't think most employees, in my experience, um, think of themselves as an equal partner in this. So they really need signals from the yeah. boss that says, I want you to get involved. I want you to grow. I want you to stretch your muscles, maybe even challenge me once in a while, but not too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think just knowing, like, again, if there was nothing that you took away from everything I just said, then knowing that having the chance to grow and develop is one of the top drivers to keep people engaged. You know, if that prompts you even just to have some casual conversations about development, what do you want to do? You're doing this job now. What do you want to do in six months, in a year? I mean, it can be as casual as that, but expressing your interest and being willing to talk about it will go a really long way. And certainly in, in a business where, um, everyone's focused on on the job to be done mm -hmm. having some people say well well i'm really interested in social media or in microimmunology or something might actually open doors for a business if you say okay well if you're i didn't know you were interested in that exactly i've always thought about having this project over here but we never had anyone to do it so yeah. having that conversation can be so powerful both for the boss or the employer uh, and the employee and for the direction of the company. Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we like to think about small businesses is that they are nimbler than mm. big companies, that they can, you know, turn in a dime, that they can throw a whole bunch of resources at a new project when it comes along and, and move faster and, and, and more intelligently than a big company, you know, the battleship that has to, to take a week to turn around. Um, I, do you, you you've worked with small business, small businesses and you know big corporations and and government organizations do you think this is true and can you see any way that this could help organizations help smaller businesses during these times yeah for sure and I have just been so impressed with what I've seen in my community for example with with uh, small businesses just getting so innovative and so creative um, my husband and I frequent a restaurant. Uh, regularly and just watching them 
on a dime, you know, set up outdoor eating and um, move to online ordering and, you know, all of those things that they did that because they were they are independently owned, um, were able to do so quickly. Uh, it's, it's so impressive. And, you know, it's it's those kinds of changes that we're seeing all over the place. Um, you probably heard of Josh Burson. He's he's a, a bit of a guru in the HR industry. Um, he says that coronavirus has forced an explosively fast business transformation across all economies. And so it really has um, in, changed things so significantly in the last few months. Um, and we lots of examples, right? If you look at Canada's most valuable company today is Shopify uh, <laughs> or some of those um, companies that we, you know, we kind of knew of, but now we cannot imagine living without like Zoom, right? I mean, my parents did not know from Zoom four months ago, <laughs> right? And now it's a, it's a household word. So yeah, big demand now for new tools to help businesses work and bank and shop and all those things. Um, and as, as all of this continues to evolve and, and really shape this new economy, I think that startups and small businesses are going to be even more important than they are today. So, and it is, as you said, it is the ability to stay nimble. And I think you've probably had this experience if you talk to just about any entrepreneur in the early stages of their company, they're going to talk to you about the grit that they bring or the determination because I know I'm one of my close friends is, is a is small business entrepreneur. And for her, she has always been dealing with adversity really in some way, shape, form or another. So this isn't really all that new for her. Yeah. If it was easy, anyone, anyone could do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, we're getting close to the end here. Just wanted to know if there was anything else we should talk about in terms of the, the things that Ceridian is doing to help SMEs get through this challenging time. It really is something that we've been trying to do. We've been really working as part of a collaborative effort really across our company to support the network of over 40,000 small businesses that uh, that we support. Um, so some of the things we've done since March, for example, we've been doing um, sharing some uh, real-time government legislation updates. Uh, so on our payroll product homepage, whenever a customer logs in, they can immediately see what changes are taking place. Got to stay on top of that stuff. Sorry, these are payroll uh, payroll related changes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The legislation changes that happen. Um, our customer support team started creating help videos so that customers could get their questions answered really quickly. Our marketing team put together an awesome uh, COVID nineteen online resource hub, which we continue to update. So it's got news and resources and blogs and webinars. Um, we did a couple months ago, we had Mary Ng, the Minister of Small Business and Economic Development. She did a webinar. Uh, we talk about, you know, HR and legal implications. And so those are available to anybody, by the way, um, at our uh, certian.com website. Um, and people have, have really taken advantage. We've been actually pretty overwhelmed by the number of folks who have joined us, like over 100,000 registrations since we started and lots of great feedback. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's because it's so hard, right, to get the, the accurate information, the up-to-date information, the resources. Um, and for us, it didn't really matter, especially at the beginning of COVID. We were just like, look, at we're not, this is not just for customers. It is whoever needs this help, we want to offer it out. So, you know what, if you've got a small business and you want to go check out some of those resources, please feel free to do, th do so. I think you'll find them pretty helpful. And that, and and that's that's fantastic hearing about that because it's so important that 
so many businesses think of themselves as part of a community and give back mm-hmm. where they can. It's not only a good thing to do, but often, as you intimated with these 100,000 new registrations, you can do well by doing good. And yeah. that's and, and that's, you know, a market opportunity that uh, we don't often think about or, or try to leverage. So, Lisa, this has been an amazing conversation. I've I, I, I've learned a lot and hopefully our listeners are thinking about new opportunities to hire smarter and and, and, and lead people better. And, uh, you know, just thinking about the importance of the, that that employer value proposition about creating career opportunities and and working with employees to help them help you build something and the satisfaction that the, uh, that they can get from that you know these are game changers if people want to try and uh, and and adopt them just before we go do you have one more actionable piece of advice that you can give to entrepreneurs to help them uh succeed and implement in their business today well first of all i just want to you know tip my hat to uh, to small business owners there's so much going on right you're trying to keep your business moving forward you're trying to hire the right people, depending on the demand in your business. You're trying to keep people healthy and safe. So just just a big thank you, first of all. Um, I guess if I had one piece of advice, I would say to just really, really narrow your focus on the initiatives that are going to bring you the most value. And from my perspective, that is going to start with making sure you've got the right people, that you're attracting the right people, that you're keeping them engaged, and that you're retaining them. So, you know, whatever you can do to focus on really creating and building that high-performing workforce, I think then you can adapt to just about anything. You can overcome just about anything uh, and keep your business moving forward. So, you know, just again, hats off and uh, just really appreciate this opportunity to to share some of the work that we've been doing. Right. And thank you for that. And I, I think what I take away from this conversation is that while the idea of, you know, um, um, talent engagement and recruitment and everything, while these are big concepts and you think that these are processes that that take an awful lot of work to, 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 to uh, uh, develop and improve, what we've talked about are just some really simple little mind shifts and just a little bit extra uh, human contact and a little bit of extra communication that can really start moving the needle. So it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It's really an attitude that we can improve these things and get better results. I think that's a a fantastic summary. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. We've been talking to Lisa Bull, Vice President of Talent Development at Ceridian. And uh, we appreciate your time and your support for the small business community. And we look forward to talking to you again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.